Before we move on, I want to remind the audience right now about Indochino.com. Right now, you can get $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code Blue Wire. That's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. This is an incredible deal made to measure clothing. And you really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. Blue wire. And he's going to run it and keep Fire. himself. Reed is all by himself. Give him six. Jordan Reed. Second and goal. Johnson. Sprinkle. Touchdown. Reed. He's going to the end zone. Has a man open. Dixon down the middle. Caught. Touchdown. Josh Johnson to the goal line and into the end zone for a Washington touchdown. And welcome back to another edition of the Josh and Jordan podcast. We are back better than ever. Of course, I have my man Josh here alongside me. We always have great discussions. But first, I have to turn it over to him. How you doing today, man? Everything good with you? Everything good, bro. You know, me kick back, chilling, you know, another week, <laughs> going on with life, ready to do this thing one time for the one time. I know you stay on the move, man. I always say it's like you work for the FBI, man. I never know where you at, but that's a good thing, man. You always staying busy. <laughs> I mean, you got to, bro. You never know, especially when you're on the street. So you got to stay Of course. Man. Of course, man. You have Keep to. Life Keep life Of course, man. You know, things ain't working out in your favor when you really want to be doing what you're doing. But, you know, I come with life. Take it with it. Roll with it. Keep it lit. That's what I, that's what we like to say out here in Oakland. <laughs> I know y'all have your own lingo out there, man. It's pretty cool. I always enjoy people from Oakland. I always enjoy press conferences like Marshawn, who you're very familiar with, Marcus Peters, all those dudes. They have fantastic press conferences, man. It's always an adventure. So we have some things we're going to get into, though. Uh, we're going to talk about our midseason MVP selections and who we think is the most valuable players and also we're going to get into a deep dive discussion about some undrafted guys and then some early round drafted guys and just how the perception and the treatment of them is a bit different just because of where they were picked first so I'm going to ask you first just because you did come up with the topic but I do want to get this out to you first so the floor is open to you who is your MVP pick right now hold on hold on how you just flipping on me like that (laughs) I, hey. <laughs> I flipped the script. <laughs> I, mean, I flipped the script on you. I mean, I'm not the media person. Like, I don't understand y'all criteria, so that's why it was better for me to ask you. I mean, I can, <laughs> you know, I like when, you know, everybody doing their thing in different fashions. But uh, so I wanted you to tell me and explain to me why, and then I was going to come back with it, you know, so y'all might have something to say after you. So I think it's between I think it's a two man race right now. I think it's between Russ, Russell Wilson, and Lamar Jackson. I think it's those two guys, and I think it's a second tier. After that, it's a steep drop off just because we know how much Russ means to the Seahawks. He essentially is that offense, and he he has weapons on the perimeter, but it just seems like they're shuffling guys all the time. Tyler Lockett, he's the one consistent guy he has had on the perimeter, but we know how bad their offensive line is. They don't have any notable names up there outside of Dwayne Brown, but prior to making that trade, they really didn't have any notable names. He really makes that thing go on the perimeter. Of course, we talked about that they had Tyler Lockett. 
the backfield is always rushing roulette as far as who they have back there. Chris Carson, he's a good player for them. But outside of that, DK Metcalf, I will say he has come along really, really nicely. Uh, their second-round selection there. But the way he plays the game, man, it's just so much fun to watch. And you talk about a guy that is worth the full price of admission. Russ is definitely that. And whenever the Seahawks are playing, especially on national TV games, I make sure to sit down and watch just because he's like Houdini back there as far as how he's working the pocket. And we know the offensive line isn't great, but he makes them look good just because of how he's able to improvise in the pocket and he's able to manipulate things and maneuver around in the pocket. And he makes that entire operation go. Now with Lamar Jackson, I mean, he speaks for himself, man. The, what he has done with Greg Roman, who I think is a really good play caller, a play caller and how he has catered that offense to Lamar Jackson. And we know all the narratives and the stereotypes that came out about him. And he's really used that for fuel in a sense. And he's really proven a lot of guys wrong. And, He's not, I won't say he's not the best passer in the world, but I think he is good enough in order to get the job done. And that's what he has shown this year. And I love that they have kept his passing attempts right at 20 a game. I think that's the magic number for him just because you have to incorporate him in the running game just because that's how he goes. That's what makes him go. He's not a guy you're going to sit there and drop back 25 to 30 plus times a game from the pocket just because that's just not his game. He he's not strictly just a running quarterback. He's a true dual threat guy that you can use in that power ground and pound game. And that's really what John Harbaugh has incorporated and also Greg Roman with this offense. Mark Ingram is another fantastic guy back there in the backfield for them. I love what they have done with Hollywood Brown as well, just because you can't pack that box like the Chargers did last year in the playoff game where they played big nickel in a sense. They put seven DBs on the field. You can't do that anymore just because they, they're really incorporating that physical type of game, but now you can't pack the box just because they have that speed element on the outside with Hollywood Brown. So I think both of those guys, they definitely would be my top two selections for MVP. But if I had to pick one right now, I would go with Russ. You said Russ, huh? Yeah, I got to go with Russ, hey, man. Hey, you know what, though? Like, you know, you know how, like, as a quarterback, I visualize a lot, especially when you was talking. So as I was processing everything you were saying, I think you were spot on with a lot alike, and I think just about, you know, really dissecting they, both of their games and how they affect the game. And Russ bring that, Russ bringing the dynamic of, it's like, it's like, it's like a mobile, more mobile little style of play of Aaron Rodgers, you know what I'm saying? A lot of yeah. old school, like passing, big chunk, big chunk play, but, but he has really grown though as a, as a, just as a pure quarterback, like his under center play action game, I think has really evolved a lot and he gets a lot of mileage out of that that a lot of people don't don't really talk about with yeah. him being downhill run team like when he if he would have had that elements with Marshawn like he was still young though they would have been like they would have been even more dangerous but I seen him he's grown a lot just as a pure all-around quarterback but I mean for me man it's still it's still Lamar bro because uh what he's doing I think outside of the X's and O's is what people is really failing to realize. Like Russ has that element, but like Lamar has, to me, he has got his whole team like playing at a whole nother level, bro. Yeah. Like from the standpoint of they lost Terrell Suggs, CJ Mosley on defense. They lost Tony Jefferson with injuries. They've lost a lot of leaders. You know what I'm saying? Eric Weddle too. Good, good players, bro. Like yeah. high IQ players. You feel me? That know what to do in right situational football. And he has really taken all that weight on his shoulders because 
in the big moments, it's, it's him making them plays, you feel me? And he's doing it consistently. He's doing it a lot of different ways. And now if you're talking about throwing and passing, now he's he's explosive in the passing game, in the run game. Like legitimate, like taking 80 yard runs. And I think <laughs> the defense is feeding off that, bro. Like their defense now is like playing dominant football. I mean, they're controlling the clock. And at the end of the day, the best way to really win close football games is to be able to run the football, you feel me, control the clock, and be able to make the defense have to respect everything, like you said. You feel me? You can't you can't say, oh, they can't, they don't have enough. They don't have a counter. They have a counter for everything you do. They yeah. got speed. They got tight ends who get down the middle. They got downhill backs. They got a run at you run scheme. They got possession receivers. And now they defense. You feel me? Since Martin got there, but even before they was solid, but now Martin got there, they really playing at a high level. So yeah, I mean, I think that's all credit to him, and I think that's why he gonna get it. But like to see the growth for Russell Wilson, though, bro, has really been fun to watch from a quarterback's perspective. And I, every I don't need to say nothing because you hit it all right on the nail of how dynamic he really is. And he was he's been dynamic in the league, but like he's his development as a pocket passer has been. Been real cool to watch. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, he, man. He used to just scramble all the time. Yeah. Like, not throw nothing in rhythm, but now he's throwing stuff in rhythm. He's setting his feet sitting back there, and he's he killing you with his legs at the right time. Like, at the right time. Like, he broke that Niner pass rush down the other night. They didn't look, they didn't look the same. <laughs> right. <laughs> you feel me? So, I mean, I guess we disagree on that one, but uh, your, your points was valid, though. And they both exciting to watch. It's good. Like I watch them play. Some of these dudes, I ain't gonna say no names. I, I ain't watching. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. But the moment that really caught me. Well, I was I was a big fan of Lamar coming out of Louisville. But we know all the stereotypes that are associated with him and all the stuff that he had to battle through the pre-draft process, people trying him out, a receiver him refusing, and all the other stuff that he had to deal with. Man, I'm just really happy for him and his success. But I thought he arrived when they beat down the Patriots like that. Just because you don't see Bill Belichick get outsmarted like that, and the moment just didn't seem too big for Lamar. And that's something that you often see with these young quarterbacks. They say, man, I'm entering a game going against Tom Brady. I'm entering a game going against Bill Belichick. Like, man, what am I going to do? I'm kind of nervous. What if they score here, this, there, this, and the third? You, He didn't seem that way at all, man. They just completely dominated the game. And what I love about it is – he did it his way. He's not a guy that's going to drop back 30-plus times a game, like I say, and try to beat them with his arm. He's a true dual threat. He knows that his running game really sets up his passing game for the most part and the play action that they like to run off of that. And I think that's what makes him so deadly just because you have to respect his running element but also his throwing element as well just because he's not a total zero as far as a passer. What I mean by that is he's not just a complete waste as a thrower, but I think he has just enough in order to these defenses for for them to respect it. So these Ravens, man, they're going to be hell to deal with. And they're that team you circle on your schedule. You go into it like, man, I do not want to play these dudes, especially yeah. if you have to go into Baltimore and defend that offense. Right. Well, for me, bro, I mean, I think that's where the game, hopefully it continues to change after what he's doing. Like, we got to stop these stereotypes. No doubt. The day, it's about putting fear in the defense, putting pressure on the other side, the, team, the opponent, and how to effectively do that with the best player on the field. 
I mean, if everybody is smart as they say they is, they got to learn how to figure it out. It looked like the Ravens is doing that. But I honestly was sold on him, bro. Remember when they played Clemson the first no time? Absolutely. When he won the Heisman? Yeah. And, they, and the receiver didn't, didn't go out of bounds and they lost? Yep. I watched that game, bro. To me, I never – I it was you saw that same poise in them moments in that game. And he was still – I was like, he got to develop as a passer. But to me, your development is really about who you are as, you know, as a person and your character. Because if you really care about your craft, you know, there is enough information and access from what I know that you can get better, bro, if you really want to. Like the way it's set up and like me coming from like growing up without resources, not having real quarterback training to know what I know now because I've been all around the league and been in this circle for so long. Like, if you want to get better, the opportunity is there. So that really defines who you is. But so to me now, it's more about the skill set. It's like, what do he, what do you bring to the, to the field? Like, and if you bring a, a dynamic skill set that has potential to grow with the right, because you have the right mind and the right character, and the right, right want to, then it's like, all right, what is you really doing? And if every time this person step on the field, they doing their thing, let's forget these stereotypes. Let's see what's really, like. Pay attention to what's really going on. Like, and I kind of felt like he's always kind of been that way. Like, yeah, the evaluation process might hurt, but, like, some quarterbacks, you might know, we struggle in these structured environments, per se. Like, yep. practice, we're scripted, and, like, a workout, because that's not showing, yo, how you affect the game at that position. Like, it's, some things may take away the element of the way that you, what you bring that you can't evaluate in these evaluation processes. But that don't mean you can't develop into that. But that, so I think the stereotypes need to start kind of fading a little bit. We need to start looking at effectiveness and pressure on the defense and how to cut them up. <laughs> and and then I think speaking on the stereotypes, I think it's getting a bit better and the NFL is learning to evolve. We've seen that with Baker and the whole short quarterback dilemma just because if you remember when you were coming out, I'm sure – all you heard about was size and arm strength. That's all these scouts really care about. But yeah. now it's really kind of reverse course, and they're just seeing who actually can play the game. Just because you saw it last year with Kyler Murray, you heard about his size all the time, but I don't know if you've been paying attention. That little dude out there balling, man. Wow. <laughs> he he been playing some good ball. Play. I watched like a couple of his preseason clips. Some of the throws he made was amazing. Yeah, he's still he been is. doing the same he, thing. He, he hella accurate. Yes, absolutely. He got a little, he got pepper on that arm, boy. Yeah. He's slaying that thing. So this is just about him just growing in that system, not having a lot of turnover, being able to get it the way that he wants to, and just going out and continue to play his game. That young boy. Yeah, yeah. definitely he is. He is. (laughs) He's going to be really good. I've been impressed with him so far this season. He's really starting to get in, and the game is slowing down. A little bit for him. You can really tell that they just got to get a young receiver for him to grow with just because we know Fitz is probably going to be retiring here soon. If not this year, then definitely next year. But Christian Kirk, he's a good player for him, but they got to get him some more weapons. I think they got to get him a true dude on the perimeter. You know what that means. Get him, get him a, you know, Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb, somebody like that out there on the perimeter. So you got to have one of them dudes, man. People take that for granted. We're starting for and you know it's equal across the board, and you like, man, uh, it's, it's it's completion. Like that's just your guy. Like you just you got. I mean, it, it it takes every quarterback to another level when you got that guy. 
So humans have been shaving for thousands of years, and the secret to a great shave really hasn't changed all that much. So Harry's focuses on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I've used Harry's a few times. My wife loves Harry's. I mean, she was thrilled when she heard that I was doing a, a Harry's ad. You know, she loves Harry's. Um, she just likes the easy glide, the flow, it's so smooth. Um, Harry's, you know, they really return to what's essential, quality, durable blades at a fair price. Just $2 per blade. Um, they've cut out the middleman and they have a German blade factory that's been honing precision blades for about a century now, which means you get incredibly high quality blades at direct prices. Uh, Harry's is also super convenient. Uh, blade refills are delivered directly to your door on a schedule with or without a subscription. And there's no risk to you for trying them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Listeners of my show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash blue wire to start shaving better today. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. <laughs> Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like I lost my mojo or we avoid it all together with excuses like had a long day at work. Sorry, honey. I'm just not feeling it. Uh, the kids got me tired. Um, we have to run around all day. Just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with the real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED. That's erectile dysfunction for the ones who don't know what ED is. All from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan if medication is appropriate. Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. So moving on to our next segment, I want to talk about this undrafted, or should I say late round selections versus early round selections and just the treatment that is associated with it. And you've been in this situation before. You were a day three pick. I believe you were a fifth round selection, I believe it was. It was a fifth round selection, right? You've been in the building with guys like Josh Freeman, who was a first round selection. And you've seen the treatment and just the different things that have been associated with it. And we see this go on throughout the league as well. We've seen some guys get multiple chances uh, if they were early round selections. And we've seen late round picks. And guys that really did flame out, even though they were playing some good ball. And I like to use the example in Jacksonville right now with Gardner Minshew. He was a six-round selection that was playing really well. 
But now Nick Foles comes back, and I know Nick Foles was a mid-round selection himself, but he's a proven starter, and he's proven what he can do. He's a Super Bowl champion. He led the Eagles to a Super Bowl victory a couple years ago. But but there's some other examples as well of just these first-round selections getting multiple chances, and they just didn't really deserve it, or they just flat-out were not good. But what I like to say is a lot of these guys have a first-round sticker associated with them, and so what happens is with NFL coaches, they feel as if, even though they didn't show what they could do or they failed in that first stop, they maybe think that they were a first-round selection for a reason and they can get that potential out of them. And that's what we see a lot. And they just don't have that same patience with those late-round selections or even undrafted guys. So just speak on that, some of your previous experience that the, that you have seen with these first-round selections versus late-round selections. Uh, I mean, just off top, it's not going to be the same treatment. If you come in the building – and you was in the fifth, and the dude next to you was in the first. Just, just be real with yourself, and just understand that you, you gonna get treated like sloppy seconds, bro. And I mean, if you're not mentally tough enough to handle that, then you might not be in the right career. And I mean, I mean, I feel like coaches play this big mental game. I don't know if because the, you know, the height, like the magnitude of the NFL game, or whatever. I don't like. I don't like. To me, I don't really need to play a mental game in order to get get ready to go out and perform and do all that, but you know it's part of football culture. So they want like they they put the you know the starter you gotta get put on a pedestal a little bit. And 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 that's just the way it is. And you feel me, what goes into your development from a practice standpoint is gonna be different than the starters. Your input is gonna be different than the starters. If you're the backup first fifth rounder versus the first rounder. I mean, everything that goes into that process is going to be different. Like, you might, they might have little meetings, like, separate <laughs> with him if to get him ready that they might not have with you. You might, you, unless you got a good quarterback coach who might look out for you, but but the this attention to detail is just a lot different. And, uh, you know, just everything with the reps and practice, all that stuff is different. Like, the first rounder, they're going to have a lot more patience. Uh, the, the, even the excuses is different. Like, Y'all can have the same scenario show up on tape and they might get an excuse and you might not. And that's just the reality of your situation. Um, I had to learn that quick. You feel me? So um, it was just it was just the way it went down for me. Uh, like I told you, I think I said a couple podcasts, you know, back previously. Like they, when Josh got drafted, it was people who wasn't even talking to me like that talked to me before. And it was just I had to, you know. I had to get right within myself to figure out the situation to make an opportunity for myself. But it wasn't fair. It hasn't really – it ain't going to be fair if you want to just be brutally honest. But nobody cares. And if you in, if you make – they kind of like want you ultimately to make chicken shit out of chicken salad. Like, that's the reality of the situation. Yeah. Like, if you're a fifth rounder, like, you got to make chicken shit out of chicken salad. I mean, chicken salad out of chicken shit. I'm sorry. I said it wrong, but that's what you they did. really want you to do. <laughs> like, that's what really was going on. And it's still possible. Like, some guys have, you know, beat that beat that barrier that's there. Some guys hasn't. But the first rounder, it's like it's the red carpet for real. And some guys is ready for it. Some guys ain't. But they're going to lay that red carpet out for you if you're a first rounder, especially if you're a top one. Because you got to get your op. They invested a lot in you. And, uh... And the team, to an extent, they gotta they gotta kind of you know open the doors for you, cause you're gonna be the guy. Like I mean, you really gonna be the guy. 
And it's just the way it is. It's crazy how it is, bro, bro, because growing up, I would have never just – I never imagined football in that way, like how you had to handle these these situations that you get put in when you really, like, right next to somebody, but they get treated different than you, like, every day in every situation. But I learned to grow with it. It don't really bother me no more. It's just it is what it is. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know the game now, and you were new to the game when you did come into the league, and I'm sure when you were in Tampa, <clears throat> excuse me, that really did catch you by surprise as far as what was going on. You thought you were you were the new thing coming out, and then right away they draft Josh Friedman. So I'm sure it was a bit of a shock to you, especially with how you were raised, where you came up, and really everything having to be earned. And I know you grew up. Uh, in that rough neighborhood in Oakland and how things go there, and nothing is really given to you. So just seeing Josh coming through the door like that and him being the first-round selection, being the shiny new toy on the block, and then rolling out the red carpet. In a sense, like you said, I think that's a spot-on analogy for what we're trying to use here. And there's plenty of other examples throughout the league, and I won't go into detail uh, just about some other situations, but we know the game and the politics associated with it. But I just love hearing you talk about your previous experiences just because from the outside looking in, that's just some stuff we never really get to experience just because we're not in the building every day. But we really see it from the outside with how many chances that he was given. And he was really good as a rookie. That's something that a lot of people don't really remember about Josh. He was really good as a as a, as a rookie, but it really went downhill after that, and everybody knows about the debacle after he was traded to the Vikings on the Monday night football game against the Giants, I believe it was. So and it was really downhill for him after that. But you see a lot of these first-round selections get a, a lot of chances. And Alex Smith is another great example of a guy that really did struggle early on, and he got a lot of repeated chances, but he ended up turning his career around, and it worked out for him. So there, there's different examples of people on the opposite ends of each spectrum, I should say. So it's a really interesting topic for debate. Did you have anything else to add to that? No, just really, I mean, no, I was just going to say, like, the thing with Josh, like, for me, I end up having, I mean, we end up, we end up having a good working relationship and everything, though. And I think that was the most important thing, a part of my meet my development, though, was, like, I didn't, like, let that, like, defeat me. You get what I'm saying? Like, I just I just had to understand the situation yeah. and keep it solid with myself. Like, this is what's going on. So, for me, it was, all right, how do I get better in this environment? And I was, for me, I'm kind of glad I went through that early in my career because, I mean, the only person that knew I was going to go through what I went through was God. But it prepared me for all these different other scenarios because, I mean, situations have gotten worse. But, I mean, right. I've been able to, you know, you find your wiggle way through it. And I, I figured out how to get better. Like, like I can, like, I'm, I'm, I'm very confident in my abilities and what I bring to the table. And, like, I address my game like how I would, like, like I critique my game like I would critique anybody else's. Like, and I'm much more harder on myself. So I know I've gotten better based on these situations that I've been put in. And so it's just to me, like to any other player, like you just got to find a positive in that situation, though, bro, because like the game of football changes so much. Like you said, how things can start off good for a player and it can change. Like then that's that provides another opportunity for the next man, though. And if you was that guy who was working like and you was ready for that opportunity, you could never look back. And then you become on the flip side of things. And that's why, like, I stay positive as long as I still keep giving, getting opportunities because that flips. I can always, you know, jump on the other side. Like, 
I got my first win last year coming off the street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, right. but, but I was always mentally in it though. Like I never not mentally took myself out of that being a possibility. Right. And I'm still that way. But like, all I could do is work. You can't talk about it. You can't complain about it. Cause at the end of the day, nobody care right now. You start doing, you know, you start being successful. Everybody care. Nobody care when you're not. Like, and I'm not saying like I ain't successful. I'm saying successful in my career, the way that they define success. But I mean, I try to take my wins and everything, and I feel like I continue to get better and still position myself for another opportunity. As you should, man. It definitely is an interesting topic for debate, and I'm sure it's one we will continue to touch on as we get deeper and deeper into the episodes in this podcast. But that is our show for the week, of course. Just to recap some of the topics that we did discuss, our MVP, midseason MVP, uh, was between Russell Wilson and also Lamar Jackson. We had a split debate on that and a split solution, I should say. Josh went with Lamar Jackson while I went with Russell Wilson. And it's going to be interesting to see exactly how each finished down the backstretch of this year, just because either one, there's a fair argument for either one being the MVP at this point. Then in our last segment, of course, we talked about undrafted versus early round selection of draft picks and just some of the unfair treatment associated with it. But once again, we are the Josh and Jordan podcast. He is Josh Johnson. I am Jordan Reed. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review. Tell a friend to tell a friend to listen to the podcast as well. Thank you guys for listening. We will be back next week.